Lessons in Authenticity and Resilience with brand new United Methodist Elders, part number two, on episode number 21 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trumbull. I think to be authentic, you have to be who you are, especially when it comes to talking to people in this world that are not necessarily in line. They don't they don't understand about God's love. They don't understand about, you know, who Jesus is or they blame, the, you know, the church for all its brokenness and et cetera, et cetera. To be authentic for me meant understanding that we are sometimes, most of the time, in a broken place. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello again, good people. Welcome to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we provide an encouraging word to a discouraged world. I'm a retired elder in the Indiana Conference where Bishop Trimble is our resident bishop. It was my pleasure and privilege to serve for over 40 years in ministry in local churches Most of that was a good time, sometimes not so good. But after 40 years, uh, there have been times, especially in recent years, with division in the church and things, uh, really tough issues to deal with, racism, gun violence, the environment, things that happen in the world which make make ministry tough. And, And at times, here's my confession, I've been a bit cynical about the church. One of the things I love about this podcast is it's not only an encouraging word from Bishop Trimble, but we get to talk to people and pastors and leaders who are encouraging their own right. Today, we're having our second in a series of podcast messages with brand new elders in the Indiana Conference of the United Methodist Church, and they bring a breath of fresh air to me, and I think they will to you, as we talk about uh, issues that matter in our, uh, in our world and in our United Methodist Church, and particularly with these folks. We're, we're pleased to have with us today uh, Associate Pastor at Plainfield, Indiana, United Methodist Church, Hannah Wiswasser. We also have from the Community of Hope, United Methodist Church in Muncie, Indiana, Reverend Keith Turner, and from the Flora, Indiana, United Methodist Church, uh, Reverend Don Zlatty. And these, new, these uh, folks were ordained as elders in June of 2022, and Bishop... Treble really wanted to ask these three folks a particular set of two questions, really, that we're going to explore in depth here today. And they have to do with leading with authenticity 
and building and nurturing a spirit of resilience. So the matters of authenticity and resilience. I found their answers to be a bit refreshing and encouraging to what uh, that spoke to my cynical side a little bit. And I think you will too. So we do have a lot of things to do with in our church and in our world. Uh, but I think these qualities of authenticity and resilience are necessary no matter what stage in life and ministry you're at. But it certainly was encouraging to hear from Hannah and Keith and Don. So let's go to our podcast uh, interview now with Bishop Julius C. Trimble and myself, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, Hannah Wiswasser, Keith Turner, Don Zlatty. Let's get into that conversation right now. Bishop, I want us to go there for a minute here. Uh, can you just kind of share what kind of, uh, from your perspective, what do you want to learn or want to ask these elders in terms of entering ministry, entering elder uh, ministry as an elder United Methodist Church in the times we live in? You know, we live in a time that is incredibly challenging in society, you know, with political issues, with uh, racism, with uh, shootings, uh, war, uh, all, just all kinds of stuff. And then, uh, then of course, we've got the situation in our own United Methodist Church with, um, with what we have going on here, uh, with our United Methodist Church with disaffiliations and things like that. Yeah, the question is, uh, Bishop, I want to see what you want to ask, uh, Keith and Don and Hannah about entering ministry as elders, uh, during these challenging times, both in society and in our United Methodist Church. What would you like to ask them about that? Well, let me just, I just like to uh, initiate a, an open-ended question. First of all, I would say this is my 15th year as a, as a bishop in the United Methodist Church, 40th year in ministry. Um, I was ordained a deacon while in seminary. I don't know if you, in 82, uh, Brad, I was ordained deacon while we were at students at Garrett. Um, but uh, the world has changed so much since then. Yeah, the world has changed so much since then. Um now, for example, sometimes people don't give the kind of deference and respect to clergy persons that me, even they did when I first began ministry. Um, the people, people, there's a tendency for people to want to be satisfied uh, and people to uh, want, want to have things the way in which they think they ought to have, ought to be or they have been in the past. I think the question that I have is, how do you live uh, with a sense of, uh, you've heard this word used a lot in recent years, a sense of authenticity, you're being true to who you are, who God has called you to be. And how do you also kind of build and nurture resilience? So you're not in the, obviously you're not in the business to, 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 to offend people. You obviously want to lead with healthy relationships with those that you're in ministry with. But I want to, uh, and I say that by way of encouragement, that I think that being your authentic selves uh, and understanding that people, you know, people, you never know what other people are dealing with when they are, when they're, when they're encountering you or when you're leading them, how do you lead with the sense of authenticity? And I, what do you do to kind of build a, build a spirit of resilience, particularly in the times in which we live now, you know, uh, the world, the, the world, the country seems so divided many respects, the world often seems to be at war with itself or people are individual at war with themselves. And yet I think people are hungry, 
hungry for healthy spiritual relationships and a healthy spiritual church experience. Let me just say this by way of affirmation as well, that all three of you, it was, I was told that as a bishop, uh, Brad, you would not be able to get to know people, your pastors, because you have too many pastors and there are too many lay people. And, you know, you're just one bishop and, you know, they won't, they won't know you and you won't know them. And I found that not to be true at all. Don Slatty, I have specific memories of all three of these pastors. Don Slatty, I asked, well, I remember when Dr. Fulbright's first installation service for for first first district assignment, and Don did music. And I remember asking Don and his wife to do music for me when I was recording during the pandemic time, first the first season of the pandemic uh, for Christmas service. I believe it was a Christmas or Easter, sir. I can't remember. And Don and his wife did the music. He may not remember, but I remember that. Uh, the, in, in, the, in the case of Keith, I remember Keith at the University of Evansville. The cabinet spent uh, like three days in, in Evansville doing ministry in context. And Keith was led worship at the University of Evansville. And I said, be great. And I was told by that time, uh, 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 Dr. Tammy, that, well, he's not, he's not, he doesn't belong to us right now. He's working at the University of Evansville. And I said, well, maybe not today, but I just see God has in the future where he'll be part of this conference. And sure enough, he's been faithful in God. And Hannah may not remember this, but I have a vivid memory of this because I was just confessing not long ago, Brad, how guilty I was feeling dealing with the Uvalde shooting because I had, I had already forgotten that we had a mass shooting at Federal Express here in Indianapolis. We, it happens so frequently that you forget when something like this happens. And the reason I'm mentioning Hannah is because we had a service at Plainfield, which I thought was a very moving service of lament and, and prayer and comfort. And she, she was a major part of that worship service. So I say that the three of you. Now back to the question that was so long ago I, I asked was, how do you bring your authentic selves to ministry at this point in your life and also build in a sense of resilience? While you want to, obviously you want to respect the people you work with. It's not about just getting people to do what I say, but uh, how, do you, how do you come to ministry with your authentic selves and, and what do you do in terms of building? So the question is about authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, when we prepare for ministry, I always chuckle uh, because um, we all have kind of that ideal preacher image, that ideal pastor image. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the most conservative evangelical or the most progressive liberal. We all have our preaching celebrities that we look up to and we admire and we try to emulate and copy. And uh, and it's just realizing that the longer I'm in, that I've been serving in ministry, that God has not called me to be Barbara Brown Taylor. God has not called me to be Tom Long. God has not called me to be Nadia Boltz Weber. I don't have enough tattoos. Uh, but truthfully, uh, you know, you realize that um, with time, that the voice God has given to me starts to blend with God's voice for God's people. And uh, so bringing my authentic self to ministry is really just a growing uh, exercise that takes time. 
And uh, for those who are listening, who may be considering and discerning a call to ministry, uh, give yourself grace, give yourself time and uh, continue to be shaped by who the Holy Spirit has created you to be and called you to be. Um, in terms of building up resilience uh, and being a resilient uh, presence, the first thing that comes to my gut is self-care. There is no better way to build up resilience than to take care of yourself. Uh, my resiliency suffers when I realize that um, I've been neglecting what my body, my soul, my mind, my spirit needs. And uh, so I am a huge advocate and proponent for self-care, even though uh, I can preach it all day long. It's sometimes hard to implement in my own life, but uh, that's the only thing that I can come up with in terms of building up yeah. that resilience. Don, res uh, authenticity and resilience. All right. Well, um, I think being authentic uh, is how you remain true to your call. And, and what I mean by that, um, for a while, I, I kind of what Keith was saying, I, I struggled um, because, you know, everybody was fancy talkers and, you know, they had, uh, you know, uh, they could uh, pray, pray the dickens out of stuff and just, you know, it was like, you know, it was, it was amazing. And, and, and I felt um, these are uh, all qualities that, you know, you can learn. Uh, I want to be like this guy or I want to be like this uh, person or whatever. What I came to understand was that God had called me um, for a specific purpose. And uh, just like he's called everyone uh, he's ever called for a specific purpose. And that was not to change my voice. It was to um, um, to show uh, God's love and grace and uh, with, through the Holy Spirit uh, pushing out from me. I think to be authentic, um, you have to be who you are, um, especially when it comes to talking to people in this world that are not necessarily... Um, in line, they don't, uh, they don't understand about God's love. They don't understand about, you know, who G Jesus is or, you know, the, they blame the, the, you know, the church for all its brokenness and, and et cetera, et cetera. To be authentic um, for me meant uh, understanding that we are sometimes, um, most of the time, in a broken place. And, and if we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable and we don't allow ourselves to, um, uh, express, you know, uh, it's okay to say, I don't know. Uh, let me check on that for you. We don't have to have all the answers, uh, which leads me to resilience. Uh, don't drive yourself crazy uh, thinking you have to be the expert on everything. Um, I know uh, Bishop had mentioned uh, all the social issues out there. Um, it's impossible for us to be an expert on every single thing out there. So do what you are called to do. For me, it's reaching the lost, trying to get people to understand that they're loved. Um, do I stand up for social issues? Absolutely. Um, but I also uh, uh, have realized that there are people that speak to that uh, much more authoritatively and much more um, convincingly because that is their call. And to be resilient is understanding when it's time to pass the baton to have somebody else uh, help you out. Um, that prevents burnout and that prevents, you know, all of that. And so I would say that, that both being authentic and being resilient is a, is, is a matter of you actually paying attention to what God has actually called you to do and not this ideal that you put out there. Well, this is what people think I'm supposed to be called to do. 
And uh, when we say yes um, to our authentic call, um, life just seems to go a lot better. Uh, and your ministry uh, goes a lot better. Hannah, how about you in terms of uh, how you live out your ministry authentically and be resilient when things don't always go your way? I think uh, discernment goes hand in hand with authenticity, Um, understanding what parts of your call are uncompromisable. Um, So for me, it's, it's mental health. Um, It's making sure that when I'm preaching scriptures that oftentimes are used negatively about mental health, that I say, you know, look, I know this passage is difficult for people, but we're going to reframe the story. This is not a story that needs to be thrown out. We can do some work and we can reframe it and and bring it to where it is life-giving. There are parts of my call where, you know, okay, I'm not going to get to live out this particular part of my call with this particular congregation. There are always going to be compromises that we make um, but authenticity, I think, is about discerning which parts of your call are uncompr- are not compromisable. Um, and I think in terms of talking about resiliency, I I'd, would echo a lot of what Keith and Don have already said. But I think I think what I would add would that it's okay to say I don't know. Um, as as Don mentioned, we are not experts in everything, um, and and I think this also kind of blends in with authenticity as well. One of the things that I will do with my congregation, especially about difficult issues, be it social justice, be it about interpretation of a passage is to say, you know, I'm still journeying through this. Um, I can tell you about where I've been with my journey and how I've gotten to the place where I am. But I know that my journey is not done. I know that there will be things that continue. Um, And I am happy to come alongside you and journey with you in this process. But I do not have all of the answers. Um, That's... (laughs) That's a, a pretty consistent phrase of mine. I do not have. You don't all have all the answers. answers. Well, that was the expectation the rest of us had that Hannah had <laughs> all the answers. Wasn't that what we our extra expectation was? <laughs> well, well, sorry. <laughs> well, Bishop, what other things would you like to learn from our uh, new elders, or have to share with them as we talk about ministry and such? You know, in the challenging times we're in in our church these days, what kind of things do you well, want to learn? I think from? I, I think I am learning from them. I think one of the things we often don't have a time is to share parts of our story, our call story. Uh, our call story, is, it can be inspiring to others, others who might see this podcast, hear this podcast, and wonder, well, these seem like regular folks, regular people that God has called, <laughs> and now uh, they've been equipped for the ministry uh, that's before them. So it's been said, I don't know who to per- properly attribute it to, that God doesn't call the equip, but equips the call. So... So I would certainly say that uh, I, I'm I'm just I, I I'm excited for the ministry that's before us. I know these are challenging times, but I don't think people need the Lord any less than they've than they've ever needed uh, the love of Jesus Christ. And I think Don, I agree with Don. Sometimes we maybe want to make it over complex, 
uh, when we if we would just start with Jesus uh, and offer Christ and offer uh, the, the grace that we've learned so much about in our own particular expression. We do. Our book of discipline talks about our theological task and our theological task is to in the contemporary context that we find ourselves in to continue to ask the questions Hannah talked about, you know, and, and all of them have talked about, you know, what is God saying to us now? Uh, what is God? What is God calling us to be uh, now? Uh, um, some I don't know where I saw this. One of the posts, someone posted said, "The devil is not afraid of people who go to church. Uh, the devil is afraid of people who really have a deep relationship with Jesus Christ and are and willing to share that." So I'm not saying we should discourage. We want to encourage people to go to church, but that that in that in and of itself is not going to be our our witness. That that the fact that we go to church, and we want to be encouraging as well. And of course, that's the theme of our podcast with you, Bishop, is to be encouraging. So, as we spend our last couple of moments here together, we always like to hear what is encouraging. You know, we we've mentioned we have some discouraging things in the world, and we have some discouraging things in the church going on right now. And uh, some, I've talked to somebody not too long ago, uh, another retired clergy, very discouraged and cynical about things. But I want to talk to you uh, three here about just a word, just 30 seconds or so, about what is encouraging to you right now about being a part of the United Methodist Church. Don, what's encouraging to you? Um, I'm encouraged by the mountain range that's in front of us. Um, it uh, it offers opportunity to um, seek out different paths through it. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of uh, work ahead of us. Um, we can't, uh, I'm encouraged that uh, the way forward really is taking steps forward. Um, that is encouraging to me. I'm encouraged that I can have conversations with um, uh, folks on both sides of the aisle and, and, and if they sit down, and actually uh, sit down and have a conversation, uh, we can come up with some uh, pretty amazing uh, ways to do ministry. And that, um, that to me is, is probably the biggest uh, thing that I find encouraging moving forward as a new elder and as a, as a kind of a, a, a person within the Indiana Conference. Thank, thank you. Keith, what's encouraging to you as we as you embark in ministry as an elder? Yeah, I, it almost feels a little Dickensian to me. It's the best of times. It's the worst of times. It's the age of wisdom. It's the age of foolishness. Um, as I look around um, and examine the state of the United Methodist Church, but what encourages me more than anything is to see people truly follow uh, into where they believe God wants them to be. Yeah, sure. There's a, a lot of discouragement around seeing churches disaffiliate and people leave. But on the flip side, on the other side of the coin, we do see faithfulness in the midst of disagreement. People are faithfully pursuing that. Um, and that should be as a stream of encouragement in the midst of pain, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of um, a splintering that's happening. And, um, you know, I have friends who are um, planning to disaffiliate at some point, and we still remain friends. We still remain ministry colleagues. And uh, so it encourages me that although paths may be separating to some degree, friendships and relationships remain intact. So important. Hannah, how about you? What's encouraging to you as you embark in ministry as an elder? 
I am encouraged by the fact that God is on the move, that God is moving in amidst all of this. Um, at, at Plainfield, we've continued to see uh, new people walk in our doors. Uh, we've continued to see visitors. We've continued to see people who, even after pandemic, or maybe because of the pandemic, uh, are seeking out a new church family. Um, and I'm encouraged uh, that I get to be a part of that. Um, just a couple weeks ago, uh, we had a, a family visit the contemporary service that I have uh, the privilege of, of running and helping to run each week. Um, and uh, this uh, young woman was uh, is a teenager, and she was so excited to see a female pastor because she had been told that, no, you women can't do this. Um, and so I'm encouraged to see um, both uh, men, young men, young women, young people um, encouraged by seeing other people in ministry um, and that God is continuing to move amongst um, what will become the next generation of clergy. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Bishop, as we can conclude our time together, what encouraging word do you have about these new elders and about our church moving forward. And then maybe you can close us with. A Absolutely. Prayer. I think this is just a, a, a wonderful time for us to continue to lean into the love of Jesus Christ and share it with others. The reason I keep preaching the gospel gospel is because the gospel saves lives. And these three preachers, these three pastors have the privilege and the honor and the calling upon their lives to save lives by sharing the, uh, the love of Jesus Christ. I want to close by quoting from a colleague of mine, Bishop Ken Carter, Jr., from his book, Embracing the Whiteness, the Shared Convictions of the United Methodist Church. And he, he writes a lot about grace and how grace is so important in our particular tradition. A generous orthodoxy reclaims a deep, inclusive, and lifelong doctrine of grace, which is for us the way of salvation both individually and as a church. Then he goes on to rehearse the understanding of the movement of God's grace. And I'm just going to share the first part of that. Prevenient grace. Prevenient grace is the presence of God in all people prior to our acceptance of faith or response to divine revelation. We believe that every person is created in God's image. Hear me now. We believe that every person is created in God's image that all persons are of sacred worth. And surely this is common ground in the Wesleyan tradition for ministries with all people. Our doctrine of prevenient grace is the basis for the conviction that no one is outside of God's love and God's saving activity. No one is outside of God's love or God's saving activity. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for Jesus. We give you thanks and praise for life. We give you thanks and praise for all people who are part of the human family. May the love of God touch them at their point of need. May they hear God's calling upon their life to find a spiritual home. And if it be your will, God, to call them to their next step of ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you for listening today to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Tribble. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller.
I hope that you were uh, as uh, encouraged and impressed as I was here uh, today with our conversation we had here on episode number 21 with elders in the church, brand new elders. We were talking today with uh, Associate Pastor of Plainfield United Methodist Church, Hannah Wiswasser, from the Community of Hope United Methodist Church in Muncie, Reverend Keith Turner, and from the Flora, Indiana United Methodist Church, Reverend Don Zelati. We'll put connections to all those folks in our show notes, which you can get at uh, tobeencouraged.com slash 021. I did want you to hear the focus that we had here on today's conversation about authenticity and resilience and how each of these uh, folks gave us some great answers and some great insights, as did Bishop Trimble, about these matters, which about these attitudes and these approaches of leading with authenticity and building our lives with a spirit of resilience. Because we do know we live in a difficult time, and every one of our local churches and every one of us, no matter what stage in life and ministry you're at, are going to deal with difficult questions in our own United Methodist Church regarding division and disaffiliation in matters of human sexuality in our world and in our churches are matters of gun violence, of racism, of the environment, of political uh, distrust of one another. And all these things are happening in the environment of our local churches. And it is our role as Christian leaders, and particularly as clergy, those of you who are clergy are listening to my voice here today, no matter if you're a brand new elder, if you've been retired as I am, or what your situation in life is, uh, to be an authentic person, an authentic man of God, an authentic woman of God, and try to be a good listener of others. And I think that's a good piece of the resilience piece. I think you heard that here today from our guest, our new elders. And I, for one, am encouraged by the leadership of our church moving forward. And I'm thankful for a leader like Bishop Trimple that is a good listener of all people and listens to uh, the the influence and the what the uh, input from folks like these new elders. And so moving forward, even though we're in the midst of a time of a bit of chaos, I think we're in good hands, and uh, I am encouraged. And that's what our podcast here is all about. The To Be Encouraged podcast is to provide an encouraging word to a discouraged world. Hope to join you. Hope that you will join us again next time as we more have more innovative uh, insights and inspiration from Bishop Julius C. Trimble on the To Be Encouraged podcast. Until next time, friends, this is your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, encouraging you to continue to do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen, to be encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.